Welcome back to the Comparing Clipboards podcast. I'm your host, Luke Lewis, here with my co-host, Erica Chapa. I know it's been a while. Chapa, are you excited to be back as much as me? I'm, I think I'm more excited than you because I feel like my brain hasn't been, like it, the hamster's not even on the wheel, and I've been thinking about the podcast, and like I feel like I haven't been learning anything. I feel stagnant as a person, kind of, but as a coach, and we're moving into the next phase of sports right now, like getting people inside possibly. So yes, I'm excited, especially because of who we have on the show. Yeah, definitely. You know, move, get us progressing in you know, high school sports a little bit right now definitely gets me more excited to talk coaching. So our guest today, today we have um, Todd Buller, aka Coach Bo, the new boys basketball coach at San Benito High School. Coach Bo, how are you doing today? Erica, Luke, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a, it's a Friday, end of the week. So, you know, it's, it's always good to be progressing towards, like you said, sports hopefully coming back, but moving through the school year. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, awesome. We're super happy to have you, especially, you know, you're a new coach at the school that we coach at. We're super excited to hear from you. We've heard super awesome things. Um, first things first, you know, we know that you're the new coach at San Benito High School. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your path to San Benito, some other stops that you made along the way on your coaching journey? Sure. Yeah, I, I started coaching when I started teaching. I moved back from Southern California to the Monterey Peninsula, and I started coaching kind of right away at Pacific Grove High School. They needed a freshman coach, and I know probably how a lot of coaches fall into it is there's a need, and you have an interest, and those two things come together, and sometimes you get lucky, and I got super lucky coaching at Pacific Grove under Dan Powers. He, in my opinion, is the best coach um, in our area uh, for basketball. And he's someone that I was able to kind of gain a lot of knowledge from. I'm a little biased because he was my coach. So I'm sure people could argue other basketball coaches. But, but I got to learn a lot under him. And, and he let me kind of do my own thing and guide my program in the vein of what was going on with the basketball program as a, ho as a whole. Um, I started out with a team that we didn't win a game for the first two months. It was just not a very talented team, and I was a brand-new coach, so I was kind of learning on the fly, and I came from playing in high school where I was really successful. We were on some really successful teams, and I wasn't used to losing, so I really wanted to push myself to be better so my teams wouldn't be in that position. And then I got lucky with some great kids and some great classes that came through where I was successful at the freshman level and moved up to the JV level, and then – PG needed a varsity girls coach. So I went on and took that on for a year. I was also coaching girls volleyball um, as an assistant coach for a year while I was coaching girls basketball. And that was a really fun, different experience coaching girls compared to coaching boys. I actually liked the attitude of the girls better than coaching boys. And I know you guys maybe know that they wanted just to be good and they tried really hard and they were coachable and I didn't have behavior issues um, for the most part where it was really positive experience. And then I got a job teaching full-time down at Gonzales High School. And I was there for the last five years. I ended up picking up or becoming the AD after my first year of teaching, which most people told me not to do it. But I taught these kids and I was wanting to get into coaching and be more involved in their lives. So I, I took on a challenge that I had never even thought of doing. And my dad was the athletic director at PG, so he helped me a lot. And I had some other friends and that will relate to how I got back to San Benito, but I knew Todd, um, the athletic director up here. And those people really helped me kind of shape 
um, where we wanted Gonzalez to go or where my school wanted Gonzalez to go in that community. Um, again, serving a need for the kids outside of the classroom. And I really got to know the community and those students through being the athletic director. And I got to know a lot about what I want as, to be as a coach because um, I got to evaluate a bunch of really good coaches and got to see a bunch of different sports and how they handle you know, dealing with kids and how they handle adversity and how they you know, handle just the balancing of your schedule of being a teacher, a coach, a, you know, a, a family man, all of those things. Um, and then I, I got back into basketball where I started again coaching the JV team at Gonzalez while I was the AD um, because there was a need and the coach just stopped showing up and I was in charge of hiring. I couldn't get anyone to do it. So I, I became the JV coach. And when our varsity coach was going to step down, he let me know in November of 2018 that he was going to step down. So I had kind of six months to build the rapport with the team. And last year I was the head varsity coach and we had a pretty successful year. We made it to playoffs. Uh, we won a playoff game and then we lost to Pacific Grove in the quarterfinals of the CCS. And I thought, you know, that was going to be where I was at and COVID hit and the opportunity arose and I'd been up to San Benito a few times with Todd, saw the facilities, was super impressed. And when looking at my career as a teacher and as a coach, it's, you know, when opportunities like that open up, you got to give it a chance. So I interviewed, um, I guess I did well enough to get the history job. And then I was apprehensive about coming and I, and I talked to Todd and he told me that basketball was going to be open because I wanted to keep coaching as well as teach. So when that opened up, I interviewed for basketball and I'm here today. So I'm super excited about, you know, where I'm at in my career. Um, but I've had a lot of good stops along the way and, you know, built a lot of really good relationships, which is what I think it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, your journey is a lot about, you know, what this podcast is all about too, right? We, we learn yeah. as we go. We learn from other people. We learn from different right. experiences. You know, I got to say, and I know that Chapa probably agrees with this, we we learn something from every coach we're around. We learn something from every team that we coach. Um, I think I'm a better coach at the end of every season than I was at the beginning. So, you know, that, you know, that journey definitely reflects what we're all about here. And first question I want to ask, you know, you've gone to a few um, schools now. Um, what is it like, um, you know, coming into a new school and taking over a program? What do you think is important in starting a pro not starting a program but taking over a program as a new coach yeah well, i think it goes into kind of how you phrase that question but creating a program that's your own so it almost is starting a new program right it's it's a lot of the same kids that you have freshmen come in you have seniors go out but as a coach you should almost look at every year i at least look at every year as kind of restarting the program because you have a different team you have a different dynamic within your team I think for me coming into San Benito's, I knew that there was some organization, some structure I was going to have to get used to. Just how things are run, the amount of sports that we have at our school is, is huge. So, you know, knowing what gym times are going to look like or in conditioning, what time we can even get in the gym or on the field or in the weight room eventually. That was part of it. Understanding kind of the, the Baylor culture and getting to know some of the coaches that that I had interacted with before. And, and as I got to school, I'm a history teacher and our department's full of coaches. So I got to know coaches that way. Um, and then for me, it's getting to know the kids because I think what you mentioned, Luke, is 
becoming better as a coach as the season progresses and at the end of the year you're better than you were before that's the same thing you want to create with your kids you want to have that growth mindset just like in the classroom i guess too where the kids are are understanding you they're able to relate to you the hard part for me this year was we're in the middle of a pandemic where i can't physically meet the kids we did the first two months over zoom and over google classroom which just isn't the same the best part about uh san benito county in these last last two months is we've got to get out on the field, you know, socially distance and mass, but I get to actually interact with the kids for the first time. And that's been a huge plus for me. And part of the reason why I coach is you build those relationships. You have that camaraderie. And I told them, you know, I'm going to push you guys to be great. And, and I'm going to understand you guys and what you guys want. But ultimately my job is to put you in the place to succeed. And so far I've had kids that are very, forward thinking and in, in that they want to be they want to be good they want to represent the school well they want to have success but creating that mindset with the kids of like our expectations are going to be high for you as players and then our goals are going to be high and and we look at the other programs that are having success at San Benito and I think in basketball we want to be that same way too I think the community is is kind of starving for a good basketball program and and it's up to the kids and it's up to the coaching staff that I put together that, that we're able to give them that best chance to succeed. So I think for me, you know, coming in as a new coach, it's letting the kids know where I'm at and what I expect of them and how I'm going to run practice. And I'm a pretty meticulous planner. So I've, I've laid out my practice plans for the guys. I've sent it to them. Like, this is what's expected of you. And, and let's grow from there. And I think right now that's the key is we just got to keep growing getting to know each other a little better and, and then just moving forward. Yeah. I love how you said, you know, really tell the guys what you're about and what, what the plan is. Um, Cause like you said, we are creating a new culture and you take over a program and, you know, I've had experience with that too, where I'm at a different school. It was actually one of our previous guests, Casey, when she and I started coaching at fireball high school. Um, you know, we took over a team that to be quite, you know, honest with it, they, had kind of been used to losing like yeah. it didn't really sting and it was like okay well we got to change that um we have to set these standards higher we have to set our expectations higher not just for us but you know the girls too the girls need to know like you know we're striving for something different um we're not we're not striving to um you know maybe be 500 and have fun dinners at mcdonald's on the way home <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so um Chapa, what do you think about that well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about how you're talking about the last three months you're able to, like, we've been able to get back out there and kind of get working out again. And I'm thinking, like, you're new to this program. Yeah. And like, I mean, Luke and I are not new to San Benito and every day, like, we're like, what more can we bring, you know, and especially as an indoor sport right now it's tough because we're outside, like we're volleyball, we're working on tennis courts and you guys, were you guys working outside? Yeah, it was, we were on the field for the first like three weeks. So, so I wanted to get them out there as soon as I could. So I, I got, you know, with Todd Thatcher, the AD and, and, and went through all the hoops to get us out there on the field. So we were like three and a half weeks on the field. And then we actually had our first indoor practice or workout yesterday. So that was, that was the kind of transition in. And it was the same stuff we were doing on the field. 
but just being on the court and you guys know that being on the hard surface, being in the gym, it does make a huge difference just in the mindset of the kids. For me, it was the same. I wasn't, I wasn't coaching any different because we're just doing conditioning. We're doing some ball handling stuff, but being able to get them on the court, I think you could sense the excitement in the kids. If like, we're not out on the field, it's not, I had them going early in the morning. So it's not early in the morning where it's 40 degrees, but we're in the, <laughs> you know, we have a ball in our hand. It feels close to being back to normal at least. Yeah. yeah. And what, what you just said about there, you know, they're just excited to be in there. Um, getting back in the gym, it just feels like you're closer. Um, sometimes when you're out there running, like we actually kind of in the summer, because we, we were, we did like in-person workouts in July first. Right. Um, before we restarted again, a couple of days after you guys just came back. Um, and it was like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. It's like straight conditioning, but like, man, we miss our gym. Like it's almost a different feeling. I don't know if this is like the athlete in me saying this, um, but it's a different feeling when you're training on the court that you also play games on. Like right. you're yeah. like, you can envision it, right? You're like, man, this is where we're going to play Palma tomorrow. This is where we're going to play Salinas tomorrow. Uh, this is where we did play them. Like you can still relive memories in your head from a game two days ago. Um, we're getting back in there on Monday and like, I couldn't be more excited. Like I haven't been in that gym in shoot March 12th, whatever it yep. was. Right. Um, and like, I miss it. I miss coaching in there. I coach, you know, girls and boys. So I spent a lot of time in that gym, right? So we're excited to get back in there too. Chop it, I didn't interrupt you. I'm sorry. Oh, no. No. What? No, I thought I you were going No, I think you're just reading my mind because I just have like questions. So like for Bo, my other thoughts are, I guess, so you're new and you're trying to build this relationship with your team. And how, I don't know, how else have you been able to do that other than your three months of working out. I know you've been doing online stuff and I, I feel like this is super important because we did online stuff and I was super pumped. Like, I mean, okay. The second COVID started going down and it was like, okay, we can't see each other. We were like, well, what are we going to do? We have to provide some kind of supplement, like videos, something for the girls to work out, something to yeah. motivate them. So they think, or so they know, like, we still care. We still want this to happen. Like, if we get the chance to have a season, let's make it happen. And like, I wish, I don't know. So I'm glad that you're here and like, we can talk about it now. Yeah. So what have you been doing? I, I think Erica, that's been like the toughest part is, is coming in new. And I'm sure you guys felt this. It was hard to do that from a socially distant or from a, a distance learning realm of connecting with your kids. And you guys know the, know the girls, you guys know the yeah. people on the team. I have no idea who the who any of these kids are i knew a little bit because i was the ad in charge of basketball um for the pacific coast athletic league so i knew the team i knew how close they were to making the playoffs last year i knew who some of the better players were on the team but i didn't personally know them so a lot of what we did and it was it was just kind of limited just because i didn't have those contacts but once i got the roster and was able to add them into the google classroom we met on zoom you know, we did some workouts. Part of me kind of introducing them to what I did is I sent them, hey, this is what a practice plan looks like. This is what a scout sheet looks like. And, you know, even talking to a couple of our transfer students, I showed them our scout sheet last night. And they're like, we didn't get this at other schools. So I'm showing kind of who I am as a coach. But the, the relationship building part is 
for me, it's the key. And it's also been the thing I'm focused most on because it's, it's just not a regular time period to do that. I went out to the first football practice at 630 in the morning because I knew six of my guys were on the football team. And I don't get to see that cohort. They can't work out for basketball. But I went up and introduced myself in person to those kids because they're going to be my guys in, yeah. in six months. And I have to start building that relationship so they can trust me and they have faith in what I'm going to teach them as a coach so they know that, you know, they're not wasting their time. Like there's so much going on in the world. And I think 2020 has given us that perspective of there's things a lot bigger than what we were worried about in 2019, right? That I don't want a kid to come out and feel like he's wasting his time. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Conversely, I don't want them to waste, waste our team's time. I don't want them to come out and just act like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I can mess around because we did this last year. We did this at another school. It's like, no, this is the expectation for us that we're going to work hard. We're going to practice hard and we're going to be the best team we can be. And our goals are high. We want to win league. We want to go to CCS and make some noise in the first year. And that's the expectation I have. That's the expectation they set on Zoom. I said, what do you guys want to do? They said, we want to win league. I said, done. That's what we're going to do then. So let's start working on it now. We get the opportunity at San Benito that we're in the gym in November where all the other schools in our league can't even condition inside. Okay? And most of them aren't even working out right now. We get that opportunity. So let's take advantage. Yeah. You know, and the thing you just said about there's other teams that aren't in the gym, right? That's something that we even apply before COVID, right? Is like, are you guys going to work when other people aren't? Like yep. even we can look at it from a team perspective, like, hey, we're in here working. We got, you know, people that are playing for whatever other school, right? They're not practicing right now. Like we're getting better than them right now. Um, so 100%, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Do you have anything, Choppa? Okay, I have a, this is a dumb personal question. So working out during this whole thing, you know, we have cohorts and we currently are doing cohorts of 14. Yep. And um, I'm coaching JV, Luke has freshmen and then Emily has varsity, but like still there's some girls like different age groups kind of get mixed in in the cohorts just because like they're siblings. It's smarter to keep them over there with their sibling. Right. So there's girls who's like, Oh, awesome. We have a girl who's like never played volleyball before, or we have girls who like didn't make the team before and they're coming out again. And then of course we have returners. And my thing that I've been talking to Luke about, and I think that like, I don't know, whoever listens to this podcast, parents, coaches, players, like, somebody please learn something from this and I need somebody's opinion on this as well if we have a player or a handful of players who are returners and I get it like it doesn't feel the same we're not in the gym we're running on the tennis court yeah and you're giving me 60 percent I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that so as a coach like how do you prevent that or how do you just what do you do to get around that right now Cause I feel like we're in a pandemic. This isn't tryouts. I can't harp on them too bad. Like they're choosing to be here, but at the same time, like if you don't make the cut, what do you do? Right. I, I think right now something I told my guys because coach Townsend and I put a list together yesterday and there's like 20 potential varsity guys. We don't have a spot for 20, right? Is that you're giving yourself. And I told them this yesterday. I said, 
you're giving yourself the best opportunity to make the team. But you're also, if you're, if you're not putting the effort in to be better, someone is going to competitively take your spot or that there's that opportunity. So when you're out here, give it 100%. Improve on that skill. A lot of the stuff we're doing and that I'm giving them to do, they can do at home. And I tell them, like, you should be better at this when you come in because you should have done it two or three times at home. That if you, if you want to give 60%, again, that's your time. You're coming to the gym. You're doing the passive screening. You're doing the active temp check. You're wearing a mask inside the gym. They were just sweating like crazy yesterday having the mask on. I know you guys will deal with that next week. But, <laughs> but the, the, even with the doors open, the air circulation in the gym, you know, you're going to get you're going to get sweaty and you're going to be using your time in the gym. Come with the mindset that you're trying to compete for a spot. If you're coming here just to, just to mess around, I'll, I'll put you through a workout. Like you're not going to hurt my feelings, but ultimately I'm going to pick the team and we're going to pick the team that's going to be best for San Benito high school to be successful here. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to add on kind of what I think there, um, I tell my girls, cause right, we can tell them to do whatever. If they don't want to work hard, I can't like, you know, control them and make them work hard. Um, it's up to them. And what I tell them is, you know, we're outside, it's cold, right? We're in the afternoons now, but it's still pretty chilly. Yeah. Um, you know, you're out here getting temperature checked. Like you said, you filled out the paperwork, you're wearing a mask, you're out here in the cold. I'm like, if you're not going to work your hardest, like, why did you come? Like you're wasting your time. Like you're here. You might as well work hard. Right. And I think sometimes we get kids that they have very right now mindsets like, Oh, I don't want to do this right now, but they're not thinking like, man, if I don't work hard, like I'm not going to make the team. Um, And then when it comes that time and they don't make it, it's like, wow, maybe if I worked, worked a little harder, like, wow, I wish I would have thought about that back then. And I try to remind them that without, obviously, like Chapa said, this is not, like, it's not tryouts. We can't beg, do that. If you keep doing that, you're going to get cut, whatever. Like, but it's still like, hey, are you thinking about tryouts in a couple of weeks? Because, like, we're, we're on the calendar for tryouts on December 14th. So we're right around the corner, right? And it's like, are you guys going to do what it takes to get ready? If right. not, I mean, cool, that's your choice. But we got other girls here that are competing for spots with you. Yeah. Right? Like. Are you just going to let them outwork you right now? Like it, cause that to a coach, right. And I can't use this as like, this is who's making my team, whatever. Right. We don't make our teams early. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to show me? Like, are you the kind of person that I want on my team that is only going to work hard when it's tryouts or are you just going to empty it all out of the tank at tryouts? And then I made the team I'm chilling. Right. Right. So that's, well, I'm going to hand it off to you there. I would say one, there's a lot of hurdles as a new coach, and we kind of touched on those. One of the benefits I have is I have no preconceived notions about these kids. Yep. And I almost think, like, not that you'd ever want to just consistently switch jobs because you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be at a school where there's more structure and more kind of stability for me as a, as a professional. But with this team this year, it's – there's guys that haven't been showing up and I'm not mad at them. I don't even know them, right? They haven't shown up. I'm taking the guys that I got and the guys that show up where I have, you know, I had my full 14 cohort the last two weeks. So they're all showing up, 
you know, and then I don't, I'm not judging them off last year. I'm not judging them off how good they were in middle school. We have a freshman kid in, in our group that is kicking everyone's butt just in the skill workout. He's just trying, you know, not harder, but he is exerting more than some of the other kids. And I, I pointed him out yesterday. I'm like, I'm like ninth grader. He's whooping on the 11th, 12th graders. So are we going to step it up? Or are we just going to say that, you know, he's the best kid in our program. And then kids started to pick it up a little bit because I don't know who started last year. I, I can't tell you. I, I could go maybe look at a clip and watch and see, oh, that's, you know, that's Jaden, that's Tyler. But when I see them on the court, I'm just judging who's putting out that effort then. So I think that has helped me as a new coach because, because I just don't know. Like it, it, it's, it's willful ignorance on my part that I'm just saying, oh, the kid that shows up and plays the hardest and is ready to go and make the team to the level I want it, those are going to be the guys that play. Those are going to be the guys that make the team. Um, so that, that has been a benefit for me is that, you know, they can't just slack off and be like, oh, I was good for coach last year because I wasn't their coach last year. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Like I brought up Fireball earlier and Casey and I had a similar experience with that, right? We don't know these girls. And, you know, maybe there's a thing where like, oh, so-and-so is a problem or so-and-so. I don't care. I didn't see it. Like, yep. let's see what you do for me now. Like, if you could have missed every serve last year, right? But if you come in here with me and you're making every serve, I don't care about last year. I wasn't even here for that. Yeah. For all I know, you could have had a broken arm all last year, and that's why you were missing your serves. Who knows? I don't <laughs> care, right? And then I love what you said about the freshmen, too. Um, we actually – I got to brag about my girls a little bit right now. We, uh, we had a wall sit contest um, the other day. Um, in the end of our workouts. And that's where you really see like, okay, who's really going to push themselves like further than they really want to. Yeah. Um, and we had some girls, which, Hey, they're getting better at it. I'm sure they're going to keep getting better. And they definitely got motivated by how some other people did. But we had some girls, I said, you all have to go at least for two minutes and then, all right, two minutes goes down, but let's see who wins. And obviously we're going to have the people that go down and, it's not all just, you know, motivation. Maybe they're just getting stronger and that's okay. Right. And then we had some girls that came down to the end. I had three girls in my group. I had to call it. I was like, Ty, whatever. We got, they got to 12 minutes. Jeez. And I was just like, dude, like, holy cow. Talk about three girls that want it. Like they, and the funniest thing was when I said, okay, you know what, Ty, we're good. We got to head out at seven o'clock. The thing I noticed was all three of them didn't just instantly go down they looked up at the other two mm -hmm. because yeah. they didn't want to be the first one to go down. And I know that it happened in Chop. I wasn't with Choppa's group. Obviously they're on the other side, but Choppa told me the same thing happened over there where her girls were like, okay. And I like, where are the other ones? I need to make no, sure. I, I was go down. literally begging them to, I was like, girls, I promise. I promise you can, please stop. You guys need to go home, <laughs> right. please. And, and like one of them just looked like across the court at the other girl and was just staring at her. And I was like, these girls aren't going to stop. They went 16 minutes. And I was like, I told coach Thatcher, you'd be out at it at seven fifteen, please, yep. please. It's seven ten. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's what we mean, right? Is just, um, like who wants it? Like, just because you have a, when you have a new coach, right. It doesn't matter what you did last year. Right. Um, it's all about what you do for this coach that like, I'm sure Bo, you're not going to be like, all right, I'm making my starting lineup. 
hey, who was the leading scorer last year? Like, absolutely not. You're not going to do that. Because, like, that was last year. It's a new chapter. Um, so that's something that I hope, like, athletes – I know that we have athletes that listen to this, too. And I hope that that's something that the athletes take out of this. Right. Um, and I, I would even challenge coaches. I mean, I would say this when I was the athletic director. So I've been on both sides of it where I'm advising coaches. I'm advising players on how to be as a coach, you know. I would almost have coaches be in that mindset too of like this year is a new year. You might get a girl in volleyball who was five, six, and then she comes back and she's five eleven. I know that's not something that usually happens. Say, hey, that doesn't happen. No, <laughs> I, I'd say not, not usually, but I've had boys, there's a boy on our basketball team this year who grew like three inches over the summer. It's a benefit that you get Beautiful. and it will more that, that, that the player gets of, you know, I, I'm in a different circumstance now, and I hope that all coaches look at their teams like that, that you're not preset and, you know, this person is my for sure starter. I say it, and it sounds cliche, but it's like every spot's open. Yeah. And if you have that mindset, your best players are going are gonna to show up and do that, right? Because they're your best players. And, and they're not going to think that my spot's set. If you have a player like that, then they're limiting their potential. I think if you can set your program up to be like, anyone has a chance at any time then you're going to push those kids to compete and be better. There was a quote that I used at the beginning. It was actually not a quote. It was a story about Kobe Bryant, who obviously passed away this year. I'm a, I'm a big Lakers fan. So I'm very happy with uh, <laughs> how the NBA finals went in the bubble. Um, but there was a story about Kobe where he would go to practice at 4 a.m. And, and you brought this up about San Benito high. So I brought it up with our kids is he would go to practice at 4 a.m. and they'd be like, Kobe, you can use the gym whenever you want, right? You're Kobe Bryant. Why are you going to practice at 4 a.m.? And he said, because at 4 a.m., everybody's sleeping, so I'm the only one getting better, right? And if that's the mindset for your team is like, I don't care where my position was last year, if I was the best player, if I had played two minutes, that if I'm out there working, I'm getting better, and someone maybe ahead of me or someone behind me isn't, I'm putting myself in that position to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the mindset we've had as a program this year is I say it to him every day. I'm like, we're the only team right now in basketball that is, that is playing or that is doing conditioning that is in the gym, right? All of our competition, all the teams in our league, they're not. So let's get better. Let's, let's be the team that's going to, that's going to outperform where people think we're going to be. Yeah, totally, man. That's I, Kobe Bryant quotes are always just amazing in general. Um, but the 4 a.m. thing, it's just, it's just perfect. And that's something that we like to tell our girls too when we're, you know, working out at – we used to be in the morning. And it's like, hey, there's, you know, team – even before COVID, there's teams that are not up yet. They're not working. They might not even work out today. We don't know, we don't know what their schedule is. We don't really care what they're doing, right? But let's get better than them right now. Um, we touched on this a little bit, but I definitely want to kind of dive in a little deeper about, you know, gaining the respect of your players um, as a new coach. I love what you did with going out to football and introducing yourself because as a player, that would mean a lot to me. It definitely would. Um, and, you know, at Gonzalez, I'm kind of curious about this MPG is what's it like with multi-sport athletes? Because one thing that I do think is really unique about San Benito is, and I think this is, has to do with being a small town. We have a big school, but a small town is for a big school. We got a lot of multi-sport athletes. Um, at some of the really big schools, you know, you'll see a lot of specialization, but we got a lot of, you know, oh, what sports do you play? Uh, football, basketball, baseball <laughs> are probably the, 
the big trio. So yes. especially how do you do that um, as a new coach and with your multi-sport athletes? So, I mean, and that was part of the thing with football. And I have a couple other players that are in different cohorts right now. And with this year, I know I'm going to lose a couple guys to baseball because ba baseball and basketball will be at the same time, which usually doesn't happen. Um, and I actually told a couple of the baseball guys or the ones that reached out to me, I said, I said, you're not offending me by going to play baseball. Go do what you want to do. It's your experience. You'll have an opportunity to try out next year when things are back to normal, hopefully, right? Knock yeah. on wood, but things are back to normal. Yeah. I think if you hold that against kids, and I've been around coaches that do, and it just ultimately, like, morally for me, I just, it's just not right. It's just not beneficial to the kid. If you're an adult out here trying to transactionally use kids to get wins or get titles, I, I think ultimately your, your purpose as a coach is, is invalid. I, I think you should be doing things for the kids. If a kid, you know, isn't fitting what you want or wants to go do something else, I don't hold it against the kid. I, I had kids at Gonzalez who, you know, started with basketball and, and maybe, you know, took up some extra time from another player and then they quit. And I, I didn't like thank them for quitting, but I also don't want kids to be involved in something that their heart's not in. Yeah. Like, I, I'd rather have 10 kids who aren't very good, but their heart's in basketball than, than a better team where, you know, they're ditching practice or coming late or not following the procedures. I'm just not that type of coach where I'm going to let that slide. I love at San Benito that we have a lot of multi-sport athletes. It was the same at Gonzalez and PG in part because of the necessity for, for players, right? You maybe weren't the best basketball player, but you enjoyed it and your friends played it. So you played football, you played basketball, you played baseball. But I think a lot of that too, because all three of the places I've worked have that same kind of small town structure of you play youth sports together. You play in elementary and middle together. You play club together. And then you get to high school and it's kind of the culmination of that experience of, Hey, now we get to play at high school together where we, you know, went to the Friday night football games when we were seven years old and ran around, yeah. the, you know, behind the bleachers. And, you know, we went into the basketball games and now we're on the court. That's how it was with my friends and I had graduated high school. Um, our basketball team lost three games in four years in the league. And, and we, myself and eight other kids went through, the program together so we graduated nine seniors and that was cool but part of it was because we started playing basketball as second graders together and we just all moved up and and played with our friends and then some friends dropped off they played other sports they did other things but we had a core group of kids that you know we just loved playing basketball together and when you get that in communities I feel like we kind of have that with basketball I have you know a group of kids that they seem like they've all played together a long time which is awesome but I'm sure you get that in other sports where there's that camaraderie that you can't, you, you can't replicate as a coach. You can't like force that on kids. They just have it. And it's in their, it's in their DNA. It's in, you know, their love for the sport that I think is super unique and super great about a place like San Benito. And the fact that you get, you know, you're picking of 1600 boys or for you guys, 1600 girls that could potentially be volleyball players, right? At smaller schools, you don't get that. You maybe get, you know, it, at Gonzales, we had 900 kids, so you maybe have 400 girls, 450 girls, and that just limits the amount of girls that maybe are interested in volleyball or boys that are interested in basketball. Um, but I think at the crux of it, you are always going to have kind of those core groups of kids, and they're going to be the ones that build the culture of your program too. And I feel like, I feel like 
not just like a single program. Cause I think like when you say core group, I think of like just literally athletes in general, like a whole herd of athletes. Right. Cause for example, <laughs> I played like youth soccer, like little kid soccer yeah. with one of my friends, Allie. And then we got to high school. We played basketball and volleyball together. We both dropped soccer. And then eventually like sophomore year, we both dropped basketball and we ended up playing college volleyball against like against each other and it was just like what a development but I always think like I think coaches and parents and like I don't think athletes get it because I sure as heck in it like my mom told me like I was like a two-sport athlete she was like be a three-sport athlete be it just try it and I was like yeah. I don't need to like I'm tired this is my time for me I play club volleyball in my off season but I think coaches and parents like need to like realize it like hey instead of trying to get your kid to specialize in something like let them dabble in everything because let them like let them sharpen all their tools let them bring everything they have like oh she's a great runner she's good with her hands maybe she could be a setter or like I don't know just every little thing I think like I think soccer is a great sport because it can make you a good volleyball player as weird as that is it's like what are you talking about two totally different things but I think like I'm pro sports all the time yeah I uh... I'm not going to lie. That made me smile when you're describing the, you know, running behind the bleachers, going to the games on Friday nights, going to the basketball. Cause that's, that's kind of screams Hollister. Like yeah. you'll see, you'll see it when you get your first home game here, you know, you'll have the NJB kids in the crowd that come and watch because they want to play on that court one day. You'll yeah. get the community coming out for a Friday night football game, especially like when we have the new stadium, everybody wants to see it. But like, you know, for people like me and Erica that, you know, grew up with the old Andy Harden Stadium, even though we weren't football players, right? It was still like, yeah, you went to a couple games there growing up at least. And then in high school, you always went. And I never, like, it just kind of reminds me of that, like, kids look at it and they want to play there. And I don't want them to lose that love and joy for it just because they've already made the team. Yeah. And I mean, with the whole picking sports thing, like you, your guys having to pick between baseball and basketball, I actually texted some of my boys volleyball players a um, couple of like maybe a month or two ago, um, just to let them know, like, because boys volleyball got moved to the fall or the first round of sports, whatever, whatever right. I'm calling it. Um, right. And a lot of them are football players and boys volleyball is one of those sports that most boys don't come into high school passionate volleyball players. They tend to right. pick it up as a second sport. And then they start to love it and maybe it becomes their top sport or maybe it doesn't. It just becomes one of their sports. Yeah. And I just wanted to let them know, right? Like, Hey, like what you said, come back next year. If you guys are picking football, I'm not holding that against you at all. No. These kids are not asking. They did not ask to have to pick. This yeah. was something that I promise you, if you're a coach and you lost somebody because both of their sports at the same time, that kid didn't happily make that decision. Right. Um, they were definitely like, Oh man, even if they knew which one they were going to, it was until like, oh, like I'm not going to be able to play volleyball at the same time as football. Like that sucks. Um, and I really hope that we don't have a lot of coaches that hold that against kids um, coming back into when it, you know, when we come back eventually, like, man, these kids didn't ask for this, but yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that's, I think that's the the key to it. If it was, a normal situation and it wouldn't even it doesn't even apply because it's just this crazy you know offset of a year where 
a bunch of sports are being combined or a bunch of seasons are being combined. They're moving around sports from, like you said, from the spring to the fall or whatever we're calling, yeah, session one of sports. And, and as a coach, I think if we get to play a game, that's a win for our kids, right? I, I, I pray for a season. I pray for, you know, a full extended spring where every sport gets to go. I pray for the winner that that gets to go for everybody. You know, but for me, I'm looking at, can I get a full practice in right now? Be grateful for that. Be grateful for the kids that come out. If we're, if we get every basketball player ends up deciding to play basketball, awesome. If there's some that decide to play another sport, that's fine too. Because it's about the experience for the kids. The kids are going to choose maybe a sport they're a little better in, or maybe a sport that they just had more fun playing this year because they just want to have that experience again. They want to replicate what we didn't get in the spring what we haven't got in the fall and allow that to be the memory that they have of this year, because the people getting shortchanged are the kids. We still get the coach. We get to come back next year. You know, this senior group last year's senior group are the ones that didn't get the experience that they signed up for, that they hoped for, like we were talking about that they were dreaming about since they were running behind the bleachers, right? They want that senior year. They want that, you know, big game against Salinas or that big game against Palma, whoever they're playing. And if a coach is, you know, making a kid feel bad or, or telling a kid whatever, then they're not, they're just not doing it for the right reason. So I'm hopeful like you, Luke, that, uh, you know, coaches are going to be understanding and then accepting of kids playing the sport they do this year. And then in the future, welcoming them back to their team. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you actually just echoed something that, um, two of our senior girls in our program have actually been saying that they've, I've been really proud of our seniors with the leadership that they've had, um, you know, especially with their season in question and everything, the leadership that they've shown, they've made us really proud. And um, they were giving a presentation on what our program is about and things like that. And they said, you know, we don't want to lose our senior year. We know that it's, you know, it's, it's a possibility. We might lose our senior season, right. but, and, I will never forget when they said this. They said, if we get one season, one game, or one practice, or one in-person workout, we're going to make it the best. If we have one even practice where we get to touch volleyballs, we're going to make that the best practice ever. We're not going to let that slip away. We just had volleyball taken from us without warning. And I think we have a lot bigger appreciation now. And I think the kids do. I think we do. Um, I think parents definitely do um, <laughs> for having their kids home all the time now. Right. Um, but this appreciation that I think we're going to see growing in our sports um, after having them taken away is it's going to be really interesting. But uh, last question before we get you out of here. Um, and this is what we usually end with is if you could give one piece of advice on coaching to other coaches, what would it be? Ooh. One piece of advice. I would say be open to constructive criticism or be open to collaboration. And this was something as an AD I really learned. It wasn't, when I was a younger coach, one, I was trying to follow what, you know, the coaches above me in the program were telling me. I was trying to kind of absorb everything. But once you become kind of established is I think the next step to really becoming the transformational coach in 
you know, putting what's best for your players forward is being collaborative, being accepting of looking at what other coaches are doing and, and soaking that in and looking at a different sport. Like I love going out and watching just other coaches coach and, and applying that to myself becoming better because I know I don't have all the answers. I think sometimes coaches, when you've done it for an extended amount of time, you get in the routine of what you've done and you, you think that's good enough or it is good enough, right? If you have success, certainly you might just be like, you know, I've done things this way. I'm going to continue doing them this way. I think as a coach, whether you're a brand new coach or you're 20 years in, if you're open to some feedback, if you're open to collaborating and understanding just different perspectives, because kids are changing all the time. We know this in the classroom is we adjust what we're doing all the time in the classroom for how kids are learning, how kids are developing, how they're growing. And we should be doing that as coaches. We should be looking at, hey, what's working with the wrestling program? What's working with our girls tennis program? That was one of the things I learned more as, in, as a coach when I was at Gonzales. We had a great girls tennis program. And it wasn't that they were just successful at their level. They were always improving. Their kids were always making the honor roll. They were sending girls to UCLA and Harvard and Stanford and Cal. And I'm like, well, they're doing something right. Because, yeah, they're not the best tennis players. We weren't winning the Gabalin division in tennis. But they're having a great time. They're learning a lifelong sport. They're building all those tools we want in teamwork. And they're succeeding in the classroom. How can I take that to basketball? You know, how can I take that to football where that's usually where you have the lower GPAs or you have kids that are struggling just to be eligible. So what are some things I can do in building my team or building the culture around my team to be better? Cause I think I'm X's and O's. And in terms of knowing basketball, I'm a pretty good coach. I think I have a long way to go to be, you know, a great transformational coach. And I think it's just going to be a lifelong thing that I'm growing and developing in is that I can learn from coach Thatcher. I can learn from coach Shorey. I can learn from Coach Smith. Coach Cameron played for my uncle up at, up at uh, Leland High School in, in the 1980s. Wow. So I get to now see him coach down here and see how he works with the guys, and I can become a better coach. It's, it's a full circle for me of, of just understanding how to coach and be better. But I think Coach Cameron would maybe say the same thing of, like, I can go watch Coach Buller coach and pick something up and be better. So if we have coaches that are continually growing and learning like that, you know, you're creating a program or a department, you know, up here at San Benito where we're providing what's best for our kids and we're, we're giving them that opportunity to grow because we're growing as well. Like if we think that we're good enough where we're at, then that's telling the kids that they can think that they're good enough where they're at. You know what I mean? Instead of like, hey, let's work on being better. Let's try and develop something different. Because if coaches are doing that, then kids are going to mimic that and going and gonna to do that as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's one of the mottos of our show here is we would never tell our kids to stop getting better, right? Like even our best players, we would never say, hey, you know what? You're good. You're good enough. You don't don't need to get better, right? So why would we? But, you know, I think that you just wrapped it up really well with something that's really important to us on this show. Um, You know, Bo, thanks for joining us. It was great hearing um, from you. I've heard nothing but great things about you around campus, from our kids, everything. you're doing a great job. We're super happy to have you at San Benito. And thanks for being on with us. No, appreciate the time and, and getting to talk sports with two coaches. It's always good to, uh, to jump on and, and hear perspectives and get to know you guys better. Again, like, like knowing the players, I don't know a whole lot of people at San Benito yet. So 
having some familiar faces, you know, I'll, I'll have the mask on next time you see me probably, but <laughs> you know, at least I can pull it down and you'll know it's me. So that's good. Absolutely. All right. All our viewers. Um, sorry about the late episode. As you guys know, 2020 has been a pretty crazy year, especially, you know, as school teachers, it's been pretty wild. Um, you know, we're sitting at our desks all the time, but go ahead and follow us on our show socials on Twitter and on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Um, We've also been sharing our episodes, the visual part of our episodes, the videos from our Zooms on YouTube. So go ahead and check that out at Comparing Clipboards Podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time. Um, thanks for listening.